Hello, thank you for listening to Chasing Opportunities, a brand new podcast about life, business, and socially responsible entrepreneurship. My name is Chase Harrison, and on this episode, I interview a self-taught entrepreneur from Colombia, Juan Camilo Valero. Juan Camilo has displayed the characteristics typically associated with entrepreneurship since he was a kid. From selling candies at school, starting several local startup businesses as an adult, to his latest endeavor, he clearly fits the bill of an entrepreneur in an organic way. So, without further ado, let's listen to the interview. All right, and so our guest today on the podcast is JC Valero. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, Chase. I'm doing well, man. Thank you for the invitation. How about you? Of course. I've been doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Well, as well as anybody can this <laughs> year. But yeah, I uh Absolutely. When I heard the topic, I uh <laughs> when I heard the topic of this episode, I said, you know who I have to call? I have to call JC. because uh, <laughs> this guy has some unique insights and some perspectives that I think would definitely benefit our listener base. Uh, so real briefly, so that way all the boys and girls at home can know you, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your upbringing, um, a little bit about what got you interested in the line of business that we're going to discuss later on. Yeah, just, you know, whatever Absolutely. you feel like telling us. Sure, <laughs> sure. First of all, I feel honored. Thank you for those words. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so my name is Juan Camilo Bolero. I am from Bogota, Colombia. Um, as you were saying, I started uh, my business from an early age. I, and the main reason I, I got into business was because I needed money to date my, some girl. So I didn't have the money. My parents were struggling financially. So I realized I needed to do something apart from playing soccer and hanging out with my friends. So I could take advantage of my, let's say, social skills and the group of people who I hang out with. And that's why, basically, a woman who was the, the motivation at that moment. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like sports. Uh, I have a bachelor degree in sports science and physical education. Um, I love video games, too. I don't play that much. I haven't played in a while because of the pandemic and I have I, I work for a school right now. So I have to be taking care of the plannings and all that stuff. But yeah, I I am a passionate advocate about businesses and sports in general. So tell us, um before you got into what you're doing now, what what kind of businesses did you dabble in as a younger man? Well, uh, I remember in elementary and in high school, I used to sell cards, like sports cards or um, candy. I remember selling bubble gum in my classroom. Uh, I remember selling music. I remember the era of Aris. So that was like a platform where you can like basically download anything from the web. Okay. So many okay. people wanted to to listen to certain music or get some discs or some albums. 
that were released, but they couldn't afford paying in like studio or in a music store for them. So what I used to do was downloading the the tracks and then boarding them into a CD, which is not <laughs> really something legal. But you know, yeah. it's like how you start hustling, or at least how I did. Um, I really love that. I used to sell like CD, CD music, uh, yeah, like music in CD. Um, mm -hmm. Movies as well. I remember selling some movies too. Same thing. So downloading them from the website, uh, from some website or from some software apps, and then burning them into DVDs or CDs. I I took advantage of of my dad who has always been some someone really tech savvy and I, I followed that path of loving the computers, loving the the technology and all that. So I took advantage of what I of the resources I had at that moment and I started making some money from I, I don't remember since I was like maybe seven or 10 selling those candy then I escalated those candy to uh, I was selling those bubble gum to to some other partners in my classroom all right so go sell these to your classroom or to your uh, sister's classroom and I'll give you some part of it and then okay <laughs> yeah so then after that I did kind of the same with uh, music with like love cards or birthday cards or things like that um because yeah my, my mom my mom was some someone really was like a really hustling person because uh, getting into some familiar things or some familiar stuff family stuff sorry um yeah. my dad was an alcoholic so we didn't have too much money when we were kids and so that's when my mom stepped up and she started selling shoes and selling clothing and things like that. So let's say that I got like that spirit of not depending on someone to get my things, but instead of, uh, instead of that, to creating my path to, to getting some resources for doing what I wanted to. For sure. I know. I think that's probably one of the first conversations we had was, uh, we were sitting in a meeting and you saw my boots and you told me, nice boots. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Okay. That's why, because I, I had experience, in, experience with, uh, with clothing and, and, and shoes in general. And yeah. I, when I saw them, I was like, I think once I sold some of those boots, and I really liked those, by the way. Th those were really nice. Thank it was you, honest. It was you. honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have an affinity for nice boots. Um, so <laughs> I would, can tell, would, yeah. would you say, yeah, <laughs> uh, would you say that the the entrepreneurial spirit then is kind of comes from your mom? Then it's hard to say because hmm, I've always wanted to be independent, you know, or. Yeah, yeah, like to to do my own thing. Uh, prior to, yeah, I, yeah, prior to my mom's uh, hassle and let's say business path, I remember I was already selling things or trading things at school for 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 better things, you know. And then I I remember getting home and my mom or my dad asking me, "Where do you get that from?" And I was like. <laughs> 
I just traded it for for a mint, for a candy. They were like, you traded that toy for a candy? And I was like, yes, I gave it to the, that kid and he gave me that. I was like, hmm. <laughs> They're like, I don't believe you. And then they went to the school or something like that to ask oh, my teacher or to just making sure I, I, I didn't get into trouble, you know, and they wouldn't either. <laughs> yeah. Huh. But yeah, so learning. I had a strong influence from my mom. You're right. Okay. It sounds like you learned uh, supply and demand and. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, value is in the eye of the beholder. Of okay. course. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so, so at some point, you had learned using the candy trading, the toy trading to kind of perceive the market. And now you currently have a company called Crush. It's a clothing company, right? Crush with a K. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. it's, it's basically yeah. an Instagram store, let's say. Okay. And, but this isn't your first go around with clothing. You've, no, you've done other things with fashion. Right. Okay. So talk, us, talk to us a little bit about that. What, uh, what started the, the, the fashion clothing business that you've had? Okay, it was on my, let's say, 16, yeah, when I was like 16, um, like, yeah, 14 to 16, I started hanging out with a lot of, um, let's say, urban cultures uh, or, or tribes, like root boys, punks, and skinheads, and by that moment, or, uh, I mean, as, as you may know, these cultures are really influenced by the british uh, market or the british or i mean these are move uh, british movements right so they were okay. uh there were in the 80s 60s there were some brands who were established and these um let's say groups have been influenced by those brands and they always were those brands so i was hanging out with these people um but they felt like they they wanted some um, identity by the by, uh, shown by their clothes, you know. But they couldn't have that because it was really difficult to get those British brands from from there, you know, from England to Bogota, Colombia. So a long path there, a long way to get those uh, yeah, right. pieces of clothing. Um. And then I started looking, I mean, in, here in, in, in Colombia or I think in Latin America in, or in the whole world, we have many unofficial or um, how can I say that? Yeah, oh, pieces of clothing, you know, like we copy or we replicate. That's the word I was looking for. We replicate uh, some brands, let's say, let's say Adidas or Nike or Supreme or yeah, there are many brands who are replicated in by by some people that are doing not official uh, pieces of clothing right so that's what i thought okay. like if they do that with nike or adidas or some other uh, brands why couldn't i do that with these brands that these people are asking for because they wanted to buy uh you know the uh, hoodies or jackets or jerseys or cardigans or things like that 
to wear and show part of their identity and their ideology, but they couldn't. So I okay. say, you know what, um, I could do this. So I remember I was looking for for a store here in Bogota who could or some people who could do that for me because I really like those brands. And there were some, re uh, yeah, some people who replicated those brands. And I remember for birthday, for when I was, yeah, for my 15th uh, birthday, I got the gift from my mom. So she bought a hoodie and a boot for, and a pair of boots for me. And then when I got to the school and, you know, hanging out with, with my friends by that moment, mm -hmm. they were like, oh, that's a sick hoodie, man. Where do you get it? And the first thing that came to my mind was, you know what? I tell them. They were like, oh, how much are them? And I was like, you know, I'll let you know the price in like five days. They were like, okay, sounds good. But I mean, I really love them. So I'm as I'm more than I, I am ordering you um, two right now. So I want them to be black with the red logo. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Or the receipt, and so I started networking and looking for places where they could um, sew or make the clothes, uh, for places for doing the printing thing, um, embroidery, and then I realized it was a really good deal to to work with clothing in general because I bought that hoodie, or I mean I didn't. My mom paid one hundred and thirty thousand pesos for that hoodie and i realized i could do them for like seventy thousand, like almost half of the price and i said like if i can do this for for this price i mean i could make them for thirty-five thousand and sell them for seventy thousand. so if i can do this that would be way more affordable and people could buy more so i just need to escalate this and not just stick to my friends but maybe uh, reaching a whole new level and advertising or creating a store or something just to make it more visible you know but okay. yeah so that's how it started basically <laughs> and then wow okay look at that <laughs> yeah so that's uh that's how it happened and then uh people started telling oh you know jc is selling these hoodies he's selling these jackets you should go have a look at them and then people telling more people, people telling more people, and then I created a a website in a in a hosting service, which was free by that moment. It was kind of Wix right now, or okay. WordPress, let's say, but by that moment, so early two thousands, maybe two thousand nine or two thousand and eight. And yeah, so it was the name I got for that brand was Warning Streetwear. Okay. I started the web page. It was Warning SW dot S dot TL. I mean dot ES dot TL. So I created that one, and I created some business cards, and I started giving them away. Or you know, if you know about someone who can who would like to get some uh, tailored piece of clothing, just let me know. Give them this card to them, and you'll get ten percent discount on your next purchase, or things like that. So, yeah. So I was always thinking of new ways to attract more people and escalate the business. 
<laughs> you have way, way more passion and drive uh, than than I can ever even think to have. My God, uh, <laughs> thank you. Doing all of that at a young age. Uh, oh, wow. Hmm. And all that because of a woman, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's probably why I've never been that driven before. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. You know, uh, since, I, yeah, since I was a little kid, I, I was always into like trading, getting money, selling things. And, but I had for, like kind of forgotten about it because I was too comfortable with my parents giving me things, but they weren't willing to give me money to to go date someone you know at the beginning they did like you know get these two thousand pesos or these three thousand pesos go buy something something go buy an ice cream but i wanted more than that you know maybe yeah of course i don't know going to the cinema to the movies to going to the cinema um i don't know going to a small town close to bogota things like that who were not gonna be paid for my parents so yeah <laughs> i mean hey wherever you get your motivation from and uh, <laughs> it clearly works <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so talk a little bit now about uh the current project what are you what are you doing with this new brand with crush uh brands how are you taking lessons from the past that maybe you learned at a younger age and applying them towards this new endeavor I just want to take or, or touch a little small topic before jumping into this one, and that is how sure. I stopped working with warning. So I was I was making some decent money for for someone of my age, but mm -hmm. then some people I I guess some people realized they were that was a good business to get into, and so they learn some people learn how to sew. And they started doing that, so they would decrease cost, but at the same time, they would decrease quality, you know? Um, so they were offering lower prices, but they were sacrificing quality. So that so people started buying more from them than from me, and then that kind of like started uh, disencouraging me to do so. And I started working with some other things. I think... In well, in, in here in Colombia, we have schools have uniforms. I think that's not something common in in the U.S., right? Not for the vast majority of them, no. <laughs> right, right. At least for yeah, for the majority, it, it's not something common. But here, private and public schools, they all have uh, uniforms. So they have at the when they are in their senior year, which is eleventh grade here, they create a piece of clothing it could be a hoodie or a jacket or sometimes both or scarves or things like that to show their identity which says in the back or in the sleeve or something like that it says prom 2020 or prom 2019 prom 2021 or something like that and then on the sleeve they they want to get their nickname or their names and sometimes in the sleeve, could be right sleeve, left sleeve, or in the back, uh, top of back, they embroider, they, they have the same design, but for the logo of the school or for uh, an animal 
that represents their okay. vision or something, you know? So I said, you know what? I could get more volume or I could sell way more doing that, that than just focusing on this specific niche. Because, you know, there are people in that culture, in those groups, that's fine, yes. But how many schools are there in Bogota? So that's way too cool. many. So I started saying, you know, uh, this could work. So with some of my customers, I used to tell them, uh, what grade are you in? And they would say 11th grade, 10th grade. And I was like, okay, you're in 11th grade. Let's do something. I have a proposal for you. Uh, how many people are in in 11th grade at your school? Let's say 60. All right, 60. How many people are there in your closest group of friends? I would say five. All right, so f you have 60 people and your closest uh, group of friends is five people or six people, let's say. If you get me that business or if we can get to a deal, I would give you a free hoodie and six more for your group of uh, friends. So if we can get the business done with your school, I'll get you those free hoodies or free jackets to you and your friends. So they were way, they were way more encouraged to do that. And they were trying to convince, convince their classmates to do the business with me. But not just because of that, because but also I, I was bringing some samples of the pieces of clothing for them to check and see what the quality was like. So yeah. I, I got into that business more. Mm, but then I got some some struggle in my life, personal life, and I got I started getting really disencouraged. Maybe I would say not depression, but maybe the yeah. Let's say it, it was not something diagnosed like depression because I yeah. never went to a doctor, but probably it was. <laughs> but also anxiety, um, and I got really disencouraged, and I started like feeling. Or having that feeling of fear to talk to people. So I, I kind of put that business aside. And I saw easier money in in a job, in a regular job, in a nine to five job. Or I, I remember my first one was working for a sports company, for a club here in Bogota on weekends. So I could make some money too to buy candy and, and sell them at, at school, at my university. So I used to sell that, sandwiches, um, yeah, f like food in general after classes because, you know, as I said, uh, I studied physical education, sports science. So people, after practicing that, they were really hungry. So I identified that need, that need sorry, and I say, okay, yeah. I can do that to here. But I put the, the the business of the clothing aside and I stopped doing that. Or I would do it, but just for less people and not advertising it that much. Not really advertising it. So, yeah, I got like that thought of comfort, like being in that comfort zone where, you know, I do sure. this. I go to this place from 9 to 5, from 11 to 8, and they pay me. And that's it. That's way more easier that that way much easier sorry than 
than hustling and going to buy fabric and then going and putting that fabric to be cut and then to be embroidered, to be printed, and then looking for more customers, for more clients and things like that. So uh, as I said, I got really disencouraged from that and I got into my comfort zone with a, with a job, a regular job. And then, yeah, I got another job then when I graduated from, from university as a personal trainer, as a gym coach. And then after that, I got a position as a PE teacher in a bilingual school. I worked there for a year and a half, getting some really good money for the average, the Colombian average. And then after that, I started working for another school because it was a best, a better opportunity. So I went there for a year and a half more. But I didn't like too many things, the environment there. I didn't like it. So I moved into a language school. So once again, taking advantage oh. of my skills. <laughs> and that's where I met the <laughs> the big guy, the great guy, Chase Harrison. <laughs> And <laughs> then after that, I worked for, like money was not being enough because I got into some investments on real estate and things like that here in Bogota with my partner. And so I got debt <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, okay, money is not enough anymore. So, because the language school paid me less money than uh, the regular school as a PA teacher. So I said, you know what? I think I'll go back to the bilingual school as a PA teacher. So that's what I did. I looked for another job. I got like the same income I was getting when I was at the first, at the second school. And then I started feeling or having that feeling of emptiness of not loving what I was doing. So I was like shocked at that moment. I was, ah, and by the way, <laughs> that was this year with the yeah. pandemic. So that made, oh, of course. Yeah. yeah How can so, I say? <laughs> so that was way worse because I was locked down. Um, that was with, um, I was with my family, um, with my mom. My mom was really sick by that moment. Uh, actually, she died during this pandemic, so it was a really hard hit for me. And I started, I started wondering too many things about my life. Like, this really does it really make sense doing this just because of the money? Just doing it because I don't like it, but it provides me enough money to pay debt. And I started thinking too much about it, having like anxiety episodes uh, I would say I wouldn't say depression you know because it's not something diagnosed but feeling really sad uh, about what I was doing with my life so uh, yeah I said you know what I remember doing this I remember uh, working with fabric with clothing things and I used to love that I used to really care about what I was doing I was doing what I love. I was loving what I did. So, you know what? I, I think I should go back to that business. And I was with a friend of mine. He was working with with his brand. It was making uh, underwear. 
with like cartoons uh, designs and things like that then his business was not doing really well and I say okay mm, let's talk let's talk about it because he remember I was working with clothing before so he said you, you know I would like some advice from you then we started talking about it we started identifying some risks some problems that the brand was having and he was like you know what man why don't we work together? And I was like, together, you mean like me being part of your brand? And he was like, yeah, 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 why not? So we started working with that, um, having new ideas, like refreshing the brand. And by that time, the name of the brand was Mus, M-U-S-S. And then okay. that is what we know as Crush today. So we're doing um, basically underwear, uh, pajamas, PJs. <laughs> and <laughs> underwear and pieces of clothing that glow in the dark uh, with some innovative designs and things like that. So we want to 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 innovate and to, es to escalate that a little bit more. And now the big tool, the big tool that we have uh, at this moment in life and in the world is social media. So just advertising, sure. paying advertising, um, on Facebook or on Instagram, we can get more people and we target way easier the people who we want to sell these things to. Because I remember back in the day, back in the day when I was selling uh, like those pieces of clothing that like the hoodies, the jackets for root boys, for punks, for skinheads, I needed to find those people, go there, give flyers away, give my business cards away. But now it's way easier. I just need to target some people or the type of people who I am interested in in showing my products to. And Instagram, that's the magic, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, that definitely seems uh, to be the trend. And uh, it's, it's almost comical now to tell people, oh, I have a business card. Yeah, just send me, just send me your social media. That is. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really so, funny. So what made you guys decide to go from the brand name Mus, M-U-S-S, -S, to the brand name Crush with a K? Right. So remember I told you they were having some issues and some problems that they identified that it was, let's say, shipping time or quality issues or things uh, of that matter. Okay. So once we talk about it and we provided some possible solutions. We said, you know, if we want these to be different, we, sh we should switch the name or change the name because otherwise people have in, the, in their imaginary that this brand is not a good quality one or that they take too long to ship things. So we wanted to like restart, but just by changing their the social media name, the image, uh, the appearance of the brand itself. Okay, yeah, those all seem like very valid reasons. Right. So, looking at this pandemic year, uh, do you do you think any part of 2020 and the reality that we've all had to live, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Colombia had one of the longest quarantines in the entire <laughs> world. Uh, <laughs> so do you think any of those factors 
contributed to, I don't know, getting more, getting a bigger gust of wind, a bigger push to, to get this brand off the ground? Absolutely, absolutely, because Moss, I mean, Moss at the beginning, they were selling face masks with cartoon motives and all that. But then, let's say, same thing, supply and demand. So, like, let's say, what, like two months or six weeks after the pandemic, many people started doing the same thing. And they, they, were, they weren't getting the same amount of orders. So they said, okay, what do we start doing now? And they just thought, okay, let's do underwear. <laughs> Out of nowhere, they decided to do underwear. And uh, apparently it works well. We have we have decent sales and uh, people are ha <clears throat> happier now with our products. Okay, with with this whole new endeavor into underwear, are you using elastic materials? I know weight gain is a a huge problem for a majority of <laughs> pandemic uh, people. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because so we have like standard sizing but many people say you know what i order m but i think the pandemic the, the pandemic got me being an l <laughs> <laughs> so i order medium yeah. but the pandemic got me being a large or an xl so <laughs> they won <laughs> they gain weight but we we earn more money because they double order then <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, anytime somebody asks me if I want to go out to eat to a restaurant, I'm like, oh, let me consult my pants. And if they, if they still fit, <laughs> I'll see you there. If not, so sorry. Uh, I just stay home in my stretch pants. Uh, <laughs> so that's why we're doing pajamas at the moment, too. <laughs> yeah. Just in case yeah, you need. You know what? You've <laughs> You've got all of the pandemic apparel covered. Is looking <laughs> looking forward uh, to twenty twenty one and beyond. Are there any particular styles or markets you're looking to get into that you guys have been discussing? Um, at the short term, we're thinking about uh, Christmas designs. So we're thinking about doing something disruptive and different because you know we always see those um merry christmas jerseys and uh i don't know uh, jingle bell jerseys things like that with uh with the canes with the snow guys with uh santa claus things like that so we want to do something different at the moment we're thinking of um the snowman uh but like like a creepy one like being like terror okay. terror themed or we're thinking as well as uh with um i forgot the name of this animal man uh rudolph how do you say okay the reindeer reindeer oh yeah the reindeer yes thank you so the reindeer with oh. a cup of wine and saying Fox Santa or things like that, you know? Something something disruptive <laughs> and different. <laughs> oh, Rudolph so, is tired of his nose being so red. He's like, Santa, where's my health coverage? I'm, <laughs> I'm a vested employee. Right, Come on right. now. 
Yeah, so we're thinking about those uh, disruptive designs because we're tired okay. of the same thing and, and we feel like at this moment and with uh, and we as millennials see that that is a, a niche or a need, not a need, but a like that is not uh, covered. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to give you a free idea right now only because it just dropped into my mind. Christmas-themed Titanic apparel. You know, like Jack Dawson holding Rose, but he has like a Santa hat on. That's so you know? sick. Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> we'll definitely get you some equity then. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That that can be the compensation for doing this episode for me, honestly. And, and maybe send me a... Send me a free shirt in uh, in Excel since I'm growing thanks to pandemic time. Absolutely, um, <laughs> will, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Juan Camilo, I just want to thank you so much for doing this episode. But before we let you go, uh, tell everybody that's listening at home where they can find your current endeavor, uh, the Crush brand. Sure. We're currently working on our website. But as for now, you can find us on Instagram at crush, K-R-U-S-H dot Colombia. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, sir, that's uh, going to do it for us. Thank you so much again. I appreciate your time. And for all of you at home, remember, it's all about the pursuit. See you next time.